0: And host of Talk That Talk, award-winning journalist, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson.
1: Welcome to it. Welcome to it. It is 10 o'clock on a Thursday night, so you guys know what time. It is Thursday. I'm tripping. I don't know what. I'm in one of those moves, so trust me. It is 10 o'clock on a Thursday night. It is your Thursday installment of the Talk That Talk radio radio show. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox-Emerson, in studio with my guy, Matthew Raftery. Matt, what's going on, big dog?
0: Not much. Thursday night, getting close to the weekend.
1: Feeling good? You asked me, or you, well, rather you said to me, you said this was supposed to be our chill show today. <laughs> and I told you, with the energy that I have today, nope, not gonna happen. Nope. It's not one of them today. It's just, it's today is one of those... Yeah, my energy is up there so it's up there we have some topics that are that's gonna keep it up there and we are off and running speaking of off and running we appreciate everybody who's watching us on uh facebook live right now as a matter of fact uh happy birthday to my mother my mom had a birthday yesterday shout out to the the matriarch as always um a matter of fact let's let's go straight to her tip in before we do anything else let's go straight to her tip in she gave me two well two that i really liked she sent me 10 today 10 of them i got two that i really like i didn't even finish the last what five that she sent me but i like this one and this from thomas edison <laughs> why do i why is that funny to me the fight at the tip end comes from Thomas Edison. I don't know why that's funny to me, but I feel like that just showed a sign of immaturity. But anyway, I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that won't work. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. We talk about it all the time, Matt, when, first of all, we haven't had a meeting in a, in a little bit. Well, an, an official meeting where everybody's been in one room for a little bit because... This sport thing, you know what I mean, keeps running, keeps moving. But uh, one thing that I talk about in the group kind of often is perspective, right? Perspective is everything. And we were just having a conversation off air before the show started about uh, some of our previous happenings and doings here with the company. And I learned. I learned through everything, right? Like I learned through everything. Like I said before, everybody's not going to get it. And the funny thing is those that do get it, Back it with extreme authority. So, as I said before, thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you to all of our advertisers. Thank you to every single person that has helped this media company become what it is. And um, again, if you're watching via Facebook Live, we appreciate you guys. If you guys want to watch on Facebook Live, you guys can find us at Talk That Talk Radio Show. In addition to that, you guys can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Instagram. You guys can find us pretty much everywhere under that same. Uh, what is it? Under the same five words, Talk That Talk radio show. The one thing that's different would be our Twitter. Our Twitter is at Talk That Talk LV. Other than that, <laughs> you think I'm going to finish this water by the end of the show? That's a lot of water. You think I'll finish it? I
0: was almost about to say the
1: first hour. Okay, so you have to start this. Ah, oh, damn. you 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 you're You're, you're becoming informed about it as well so let's go ahead and just and, and give pardon the uh brief inner introduction to this particular topic as a packer fan this is not typically where i want to start the show as a Packer, matt you might have to scoot into the frame a little bit more uh this is not where i typically want to begin the show as a Packer because this is not good packer news so brett Favre has entered a guilty plea. So he he has agreed to a plea deal. And unless, maybe I'm wrong. So even better. So as I said before, this is all Coming coming out, but I take that back. There is a Mississippi official who has pled guilty to two federal charges in a welfare scandal in which Brett Favre was a part of. It is alleged that Brett Favre was a part of a welfare scam that was going to net him five million dollars that would have built southern Mississippi, I believe Southern Mississippi's volleyball team. No, maybe a lot. Maybe a lot, maybe a lot. He was building a new stadium at Southern Mississippi. His daughter used to play on the volleyball team. So that's why I believe it's the stadium that they play in. But nevertheless, I don't think that's the biggest fact in this situation. He was wi- going to be wired that money so he could make this donation. Did you see the text messages that came up?
0: No. I barely heard about the story.
1: When, when I told you?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I heard earlier in the day somebody saying something about Brett Favre, but it wasn't, I was just like, okay, maybe you're bringing up something random. I don't
1: know. So every time you see Brett Favre, you don't get intrigued instantly?
0: I mean, when people think of Brett Favre, typically now they're just thinking of him doing the Wrangler commercials and stuff like that.
1: I don't know. I think of a lot of other things when I think of Brett Favre. I know you do. And I I love Brett Favre. But... I don't think of Wranglers I don't think of Wranglers let's go ahead and, and, and read and recap some of these text messages uh, I want the exact messages here we go so these messages don't look good plain and simple as I said before things can be doctored right things can be altered so this is what this picture does show though this is a conversation from August of 2017 should I pay say, I'm gonna say the person he's talking to I might as well right at this point Uh, There's so many names being dropped in this That I'm gonna be honest I'm a little at a loss Like I don't wanna tell on myself here But it baffles me To see some of the people Who do some of the things That they do Keep an active Paper trail of it Why are you texting about this Why are you Fam the moment somebody hit Brett Favre about this he should have acted like he lost his phone yeah <laughs> who are you talking who are you texting i don't know who you are excuse me i have no idea who you are anyway the text message reads and it's, it's, to be honest this actually looks like twitter dms but whatever even worse brett Favre said if you were to pay me is there any way the media could? F- <laughs> i don't know why this is funny if you were to pay me is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much the person replying to him is listed as nancy new says no we have or excuse me, we never have any in- what oh this is the smallest text in the world gonna have to lean in guys sorry no we never have had that information publicized i understand you being uneasy about that though let's see what happens on monday with the conversation with some of the folks at southern maybe it will click with them hopefully brett responds okay thanks the next day she says wow just got off the phone with phil bryant first and last name
0: Two uh, phil bryant phil bryant oh okay i was about to say that's two first names
1: what yeah. is happening right now the, what is happening right now wow just got off the phone with phil bryant he is on board with this we will get this done brett says awesome i needed to hear that for sure react because i'm gonna hit this water before i do what was his opening message? <laughs> According to this, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? By sending this text message, you've made it easier for us to find out. That, I mean,
0: that's what gives it away is when he opens with, up with, if you were to pay me. First off, <laughs> first off, you're a Brett. Bleepin' Favre. I
1: was going to say it too.
0: Do you really need money? Really? I mean, let's think about it. You made how many millions of dollars throughout the, your career with the Green Bay Packers? And the, and the Minnesota Vikings? And quite frankly, the New York Jets? Because you couldn't stay retired for two minutes. That's number one. Number two. <laughs> how many endorsements has Brett Favre done? Like major endorsements?
1: Copperware, Wrangler...
0: And how many millions of dollars have those companies poured into Brett Favre?
1: Wasn't Brett Favre doing something at like a high school where he was getting paid? To, never mind. It doesn't matter. Now, this is all pocket watching, by the way. I, I,
0: I normal, you're right. I normally don't like to wa- pocket watch athletes. This is an exception. I, I, th- and it's an exception because it just shows, it ultimately shows the character of Brett Favre, to be
1: honest with you. Um, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off really quick. This is so completely random. Brett Favre getting upset about this, like you said, because we, we're talking about pocket watching. We would have no knowledge of this, and this is why I said it's completely random. Did you hear anything about the Tory Lanez August I was the situation? No. <laughs> okay. Not to bring up, or not 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 to beat a dead horse, but. We all heard about the entanglement situation with August, right? So whatever the case may be, August and Tori Lanez had a situation, and there was an audio that was leaked where August told the version of the story that he wanted to tell first. The audio leaked, and I'm not going to lie, in the audio he was like, why would you speak on my business? Whoever he was talking to was like, why would you speak on my business uh, and I don't know you and you're in a public platform, da-da-da-da. I wouldn't know your business if you didn't talk about your business. Right. So that's, that's what I'm going back to with this Brett Favre thing. I, can't, I am mind blown by the first message. Why are you messaging anybody about this? Asking for money. Fam, are you in the city? Can I come see you? I don't. I don't I have no words for you.
0: Right. And so, and correct me if I'm wrong, how much money was planned for this development, if you will, of the stadium?
1: I don't know if there were multiple increments, but the number that I saw was five, five mil.
0: You have to be effing joking. Five, you're nobody in America or quite frankly, the world can look at me with a straight face and say, Brett Favre does not have five million dollars.
1: No disrespect, but this is going to sound really, really trash. Nobody can convince me that Southern Mississippi needs a stadium that costs five million dollars.
0: No, Southern Mississippi is just it it's southern mississippi like you are in the <laughs> you're in the heart of sec country you're usually called upon in football to play other sec schools usually as free wins like that's kind of what your school is when it comes to money is i got to know which stadium you, you, you go to I you go know. to like Obama, you go to a georgia they beat you down by about 40 and you collect 2 million dollars in the process that's typically what southern miss does and so we know that Brett Favre has far more than $5 million to his name. Far more. I mean, he would have had to be completely reckless with his earnings to not have $5 million to his name at the current moment.
1: It was a volleyball stadium. No disrespect. To, y'all know I love Don Sullivan and the volleyball team here. I would, I would ask Don Sullivan. $5 mil? Like, for. Is the basketball team playing there too?
0: I mean, unless you get some really generous donor, which leads me to the next point. Had Brett Favre came out and said, you know, my daughter played for the Southern Miss volleyball program. Yes, sir. I want to take $5 million of my own money and invest it into a new stadium. This is, you guys have been planning this. I have no problem with that. That's great that Brett Favre wants to give back to a school that his daughter attended. And quite frankly, I believe he attended too, if I'm not mistaken. I believe believe he was a a player at Southern Miss. Um, In any case, you have Southern Miss ties if you are in the Favre family. Um, I have no problem if Brett Favre wants to pony up the $5 million himself. The real big issue that I have now is is he's getting this money through government funds that are supposed to go to people that don't, Desperately need them. I mean, we're we're talking about taking funds out of welfare. I mean, for those that may not know, welfare is like if you think of it this way: if you are a family that lives paycheck to paycheck, imagine living below that. That's kind of where welfare stands. It's supposed to be just enough to get you by. It's supposed to be just enough to cover your necessities. So, if you're Brett Favre. Here here's where it all pieces itself together. If you are Brett Favre, A, you are stupid rich. That's number 1. You
1: should be. You should be. I'll say that cuz you'll be surprised, man. It depends on these people's overhead. No, it he- really de- What happens if Brett Favre has a gambling problem? Now now I'm just throwing stuff at the wall to see if it'll stick, but this is radio and not television, so uh, the the parameters are a little looser. What happens if Brett Favre has a drinking problem? What happens if Brett Favre has Another problem.
0: What happens if Brett Favre wakes up every day and makes money because his name is Brett Favre?
1: Indeed. Then the problems become bigger. That's what happens.
0: Because there are guys, I I call it the Peyton Manning rule. They wake up, they work one week out of the entire year, and it's the Super Bowl. (laughs) Peyton Manning can literally wake up, work the the week of the Super Bowl, make TV appearances, all this nonsense, right? And then the other 51 weeks, he doesn't have to do anything. Because he makes enough money during the week of the Super Bowl making appearances and whatnot that essentially he's making money because his name is Peyton Manning. He could tell everybody the world or the sky is black or the sky is purple or the sky is whatever color. And because he's Peyton Manning, he probably is going to convince at least a handful of people of that. And so Brett Favre, I kind of put in that same category where he could literally work one week a year if Brett Favre wants to make three TV appearances during the Super Bowl and get paid however many millions of dollars for that week and then say, you know what, I'm good the rest of the, the year, so be it. But in, in theory, because we haven't heard of these problems with Brett Favre, we're going to assume Brett Favre has a lot of money to his name. We are also now going to assume and again, this is all the information we've been presented, that The same Brett Favre that we have established has a lot of money to his name is taking money out of people's pockets that desperately need the money.
1: And what's even worse is Robert Griffin, I obviously tell you that his career is he's still, you know what I mean? He I believe he just recently retired, I believe. But uh, when he was still with the Ravens, he was very, very big on the worst that he would use in terms of his career. Same thing with Derrick Rose, right, and things like that. But we got more cover and you guys know, as I've gotten more into running this company, I don't have the the opportunity to just sit up and kind of watch the way that ESPN kind of covers stuff as much. So I watch it socially and I have to watch what trends, what gets tweeted out, things like that. I watch more coverage of Robert Griffin's career not living up to expectations i know people are going to bring up michael Vick and people are going to bring up colin Kaepernick, and people are going to bring up those instances no that's great this robert griffin situation that i'm bringing up is a non-legal situation and it still got more attention than everything that matt just said i started this by saying as a packer fan i don't want to start with bad packer news but let's just call a spade a spade it's stealing He's
0: exactly stealing.
1: That's exactly what it is. So uh, this person, John Davis, who was a former executive director of the Mississippi Department of Human Services, pled guilty, actually. He pled guilty earlier today to those two federal charges in the ongoing lawsuit for his role in the state's welfare scandal. Of course, that involved Brett Favre. Here's the interesting part for that. Those two charges, those two counts, rather, is one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and to commit theft of, of excuse me, excuse me, that, that, and to commit theft concerning programs receiving federal loans, and one count of theft concerning programs receiving federal funds. Here's the interesting part: his charges carry a maximum of 15 years in prison, which is where that's the first number that we see in terms of possible penalty for Brentford. I'm glad you brought this up.
0: One, I guarantee he will not get that sentence at all. He won't even get anything close. The reason why is, I, I, and this is just happening to have family within the elite that you know work professionally in the legal system, You know, few lawyers in the family and all that, they say this happens all the time. Here's what I think is probably going to happen. Davis is going to rat out Favre. A hundred percent. Favre right at his Oh, Davis is going to put more salt in the wound because here's probably what went down. The prosecutor probably came to Davis and said, look, we'll cut you a hell of a deal. You tell us everything Favre was involved with. We will, to the media, it will be presented initially as a maximum of 15 years. Between you, me, and the four walls, you'll probably get five. Mm. And you may even get less with good behavior. If you rat out Favre and tell us exactly what's going on, you, you'll you take a little bit of a, you know, and I mean, everybody knows that's called a plea deal. Hence why he's pleading guilty. I don't think he would just randomly wake up and go, you know, I'd rather go spend 15 more years of my life in prison. That typically doesn't happen. A lot of times when people take plea, you know, plead guilty as it's framed in stories, that's usually just meaning they're taking a plea deal for a lesser sentence. And part of this deal is, especially if it involves a guy like Brett Favre, oh, you better believe they're going to be like, if you know a lot of info about Brett Favre in this case, we want it. We'll it, take it. And, I mean, it already, because here, here's where Davis probably sits here. If he doesn't rat out Brett Favre, mm-hmm. he's going to jail and taking the fall for Brett Favre. Indeed. Now, he might still go to jail if he rats out Brett Favre. He's not going for as long as if he doesn't. And so,
1: you're giving it the bigger fish.
0: It, and that's the thing. I understand Brett Favre is kind of like the long life son of Mississippi as a whole. Like people associate Mississippi with Brett Favre as far as famous people to come out of the state of Mississippi. I understand all that. And when push comes to shove, and I mean, if you, if you are um, John Davis. And you, and you are presented with two options. Either A, don't plead guilty. we we'll go to trial and you might get longer than 15 or we might start at 15 years in prison. Or B, you could plead guilty. Part of the plead is you've rat out Favre. We'll lessen your sentence significantly. And that way we can put Brett Favre on the hook for this too. I think he probably took option B and that'll probably be... Published a little bit later on, but in in part of it's probably because the media doesn't want to put out a bad image about Brett Favre because Brett Favre, for whatever it's worth, is kind of viewed as kind of America's hero from way back in the day where he's the Packer quarterback, you know, Mr. Small Town can do no wrong type of guy. So I to I mean, I hope this isn't happening, but I wouldn't shock me in the slightest. If it is where they're going to frame this, like, Oh, John Davis took the fall for Brett Favre and Brett Favre probably is going to walk away clean. I wouldn't rule that out at all. I would say that Brett Favre could very well find himself on the hook very soon.
1: Now I do agree that Brett Favre may find himself on the hook very, very soon. I do question what that hook is. So I guess you could say how big the hook is, how how strong the yank is going to be, whatever it is in terms of the hook. He's going to find himself on the hook. I agree with you. I get to a different ending, I guess, maybe than you. But we'll see. Brett, and, and, and we can wrap it up after this, but I believe that John Davis is going to – rat on bread. First of all, I believe he's going to rat on him because this is just me throwing stuff at a wall. I could be completely wrong and that's fine. Based on those text messages and the fact that first and last names were being used, I don't believe that there's any personal relationship in this situation. No. So, according to this report from Sports Illustrated, Davis was a part of uh, four different co-conspirators in this situation. This doesn't sound like Brett Favre had a personal relationship with any of them Or if he did He may have had a personal relationship with one of them Which is not enough To do something this severe this, And first of all and to do it this sloppily to be honest But I believe that John Davis Because of that lack of personal relationship with Far, I think he is going to rap I think he'll probably You said five that sounds about right Five years he may get that I think all the attention will turn towards Brett Favre I think Brett Favre will go on an apology tour I think Brett Favre will have to pay a fine. I think Brett Favre will have community service. I don't think Brett Favre will step inside of a prison.
0: I don't believe so. I think that's very accurate. We see it all the time. Brett Favre will hire the best of the best. They will get this talk down to, like you said, anything but prison time, community service, apology tour, fine, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to write a book. Yeah, he's going to do all the – which – I hope he doesn't, by the
1: way, because know it's gonna happen. I'm telling you something.
0: he better not, because then he's gonna turn around and sell it, and it kind of washes the fine. No, I. But doesn't
1: that book is probably gonna be tied to some sort of organization?
0: Okay, I'm I'm okay with that then. If you are going to write a book, you can sell it, but you can't keep a dime of it. You have to donate that money
1: to something. (laughs) He's gonna steal from that too. Um,
0: here's 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 where
1: my immaturity comes in, because now I'm just gonna have fun with it. I remember when Michael Vick did his jail time when Vick got out every time a black and and yes I'm gonna say y'all and y'all can attest and and, and assess who this y'all can apply to but when Mike Vick got out of got out of jail I remember specifically when Vick cut his hair every time a black athlete specifically football player black quarterback did something that y'all didn't like i.e Colin Kaepernick y'all dragged Michael Vick in front of that camera To point out what that black athlete did wrong. Every time a white athlete does something wrong for the next three years, I want Brett Favre in front of a camera. Do the same thing. Use him to spread your agenda the way that you use Vic. Make sure that that happens too. That's not being talked about enough. The hell with the fact that ESPN and these Fox, Fox Sports and these bigger networks are not covering it. Use Brett Favre the same way y'all paraded Michael Vick around. I didn't forget that. Y'all dragged Michael Vick in front of this camera on first take to or get up one of those two to say, well, first and foremost, I feel like with Colin Kaepernick, he should cut his hair. I feel like in order to be taken serious, he should cut his hair.
0: We're talking about hair. What? We're talking about haircuts to be taken serious.
1: Wow. Okay. Dog, let, no pun intended. Vic, and this is what pissed me off about that video so much because I don't believe that Vic wanted to say that. That's what bothers me more than anything. But Vic, you had braids, right? We understand what Vic had. Vic was a staple in the culture. Vic still is a staple in the culture. With all due respect, Vic, you did jail time. I understand why ex-felons cut their hair. You told Cap to cut his hair because of the fro. Look at me with a straight face and tell me that those two are equivalent. They're not. But ESPN made it a point to lead the show with that. Anytime a white athlete does anything wrong, I want to see Far.
0: Will we see it though? Hell no. Okay, I was just making sure. I Absolutely didn't think. No. We, I didn't think you we would see were. Dan Orlovsky. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but he it's his job. Yeah, it is. Like it's his job fam
0: the, the, Let me phrase that You'll see it It'll be like the last two minutes of a show It'll be like passing news When no, everybody's turned off the program They'll be like oh yeah And just wrapping up we There'll have, be no rebuttals Word. Yeah exactly That's how it's usually gonna go
1: So from one topic that has me hot To another topic that has me and Matt hot Oh um, boy <laughs> Sheesh uh, Boston Celtics head coach MAU Doka has been suspended for the entire 2022-23 seasons and of course this is coming off of the hills of an NBA Finals berth in which they lost in six games I believe it was to the to the Boston Celtics I mean excuse me pardon to the Golden State Warriors uh it is alleging that he, he I'm not even sure. I've seen so many different verbiage of it so many different ways that this has been worded but nuts and bolts it's a staff relationship, right? It's an alleged staff relationship after that whole first topic, this is gonna sound crazy, but Matt knows for a fact, and i I've never been one of these guys to be like, nah, yeah, I'm not that way right right but in this case, because it's gonna sound like i'm I'm this way for the first forty minutes of the show i've i'm I'm not that person to look at every situation and go. Oh, it's definitely race involved. Oh, it's definitely race involved. Race plays a part in every single thing. Every decision is not based in race. I would like to know from the Boston Celtics why the hell I know this. And the thing is, I told you guys I I don't watch ESPN like that anymore, so I'll pay attention to stuff that trends. Interestingly enough, I saw Stephen A. Smith talk about it. And I hate when certain people can get out their opinions before me, because it sounds like I'm just biting off of their opinion. But you guys know, especially in recent memory, how much I've disagreed with Stephen A. Smith. Everything that Stephen A. Smith said, I agree with. Because Matt, this is the part where I'm gonna risk getting in trouble. We are at UNLV, Matt. We know of something within the last three years on this campus. Why hasn't that gotten any publication? We know about this right outside of these walls. Yep. We know about these types of is it right? I'm not gonna say that it's right. I'm not here to defend that. What I am here to point out is everything that we know here on this campus, us included, we haven't let it out.
0: We should. We should write a book, by the way, on this. Oh, no. We have a couple of books. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk New York Times bestsellers?
1: No, she- no, we're on fire. Yeah. If we do that,
0: book signings across the country. We wouldn't be able to stay, but. That's okay. We're going to have a lot of jets <laughs> to get us around the country to do book signings <laughs> and all that.
1: It, it would definitely take off, but we wouldn't be welcomed back in Vegas, for damn sure. That's all right. But uh, I want to write a book on the referees in the Mountain West. Um, oh. But <laughs> MAU Doka. MAU Doka. Let's just call a spade a spade. Yep. Kyrie Irving has been very, very vocal about the people in Boston. m a u Udoka is a black coach in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now, going to be completely honest, guys. Not sure how this may come off, because I won't say the reason why I would like to know, but this is one of those situations. If he did have an alleged relationship with a staff member, I would like to know what the staff member looks like. Typically, I would say it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. This one, I think it matters a whole hell of a lot. So,
0: Ime Uduka, I have quite a few problems with really the entire situation. I'll start with the Boston Celtics side. First off, if you are Boston, you should be ashamed of yourself. Point blank, as an organization, you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. This is the treatment you give a guy that, by all reports, and this is the consistent part about every report I've seen, it was considered a consensual relationship. It didn't mention that it was sexual harassment. It didn't mention that Ime Odoka, you know, for lack of a better term, raped another staff member. It didn't mention anything like that to that extreme. Trigger warning. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, guys, my bad. Sorry about that. It, I'm just saying it didn't mention anything along those lines. Not even remotely close. It made sure explicitly that it was list, listed as a consensual relationship. That changes the game completely, because then all of a sudden, now we're going to let me let me let's look at it this way. Sure, Ime Odoka is married, and I get you know cheating, not great. I understand that.
1: The internet is always gonna internet. I did see some Neil jokes that had me in tears. Yeah. Next topic.
0: Now, even I guess even if he wasn't married, it doesn't really matter. It was a consensual relationship. By suspending Imeo Doka for a year, the Boston celtics are portraying and projecting that we are now going to tell you who you can and cannot date, and if we don't like it, tough crap. That is ridiculous. And Boston should be absolutely ashamed of themselves for how they have treated Ime Udoka. Who, by the way, broke your ceiling. Before Ime Udoka, you know who you had? Brad Stevens. He got you to the Eastern Conference Final, and no more.
1: I I find it interesting that people are I don't want to say overreacting because we're about to get it. We're about to get on, on Ime Udoka as well. I don't want it to seem like we're just throwing all of our. Uh, anger at this point toward the Boston Celtics, even though we did start there. But in, in terms of Boston, <laughs> the cheating is one thing, right? So it boils down to what you just said. It's a staff relationship. The reason why I, I find it interesting that people are, are acting as if it's just so shocking. Let me go ahead and tell some personal stories. Right? This is this is the fun part of radio. You get to tell some per, some personal stories. I used to work at The Bridge, the movie theater in L.A. I think it's Cinemark now, but it was The Rave. It was The Bridge before that. I worked at that movie theater, and I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings, a couple of them. Every job you go to, they tell you you are not supposed to have relations with coworkers. Correct. Managers enforce that. Correct. Supposed to, at least. What happens when a manager is in a relationship with, with somebody? Because everybody knows, but it doesn't get any attention. Why do you bring that up, Terrell? Well, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because if Boston believes this to be true, why wasn't Ma Udoka suspended for violating team rules, nothing less, nothing more?
0: I'll tell you probably why. The reason that this situation with Ime Odoka has been framed the way it is somebody within the Celtic organization got really mad at Ime Odoka to the point that they called up an ESPN, they called up a bleacher report, they called up shams, whoever they called up. They said, Hey, I want to be left anonymous, completely anonymous. But in return, I have X, Y, and Z on Ime Odoka that you can run now. And hence why Shams at 1130 Pacific last night drops the, or I guess it was maybe Woj or whoever of the two dropped it first. They kind of alley off each other. They definitely do. Um, but they got the same message across that they made sure to word it explicitly the way they did, because you're right. If this was a violation of team rules, you know, the Celtic PR could have called them up and said, you know what? Ime Odoka, he violated team rules. We're not going to comment on the situation any further. Here's the expected punishment for Ime Odoka. Point blank, period, end of story. Now, if all of the information that has been presented to us as the public is true and accurate, there is no reason Ime Odoka should have been suspended any longer than 20 games at most. And if you want to tailor it a little bit, Do 10 games and a $25,000 fine and move on with the season. Because here's what's now going to happen with the Celtics. A, they're probably not going to get back to the NBA Finals. Probably not. And if I'm Ime Odoka, now that I know I'm suspended for the year, the suspension does come at a little bit of a bad timing. But I might wait out a few months, maybe six or seven months, as soon as I see a good position open, I'm resigning from the Boston Celtics. I don't care that the suspension is over. I'm resigning. And I'm going to hell to find another job. Because I'm not going to work for an organization, if I'm Emeo Doka, that A is going to tell me who I can can and can't date. Because, again, whether he's married, uh, that's fine. That's, that's Emeo Doka's problem. That should not be the Boston Celtics' problem. To be completely frank with you, Boston the Boston Celtics probably tried to interject themselves as the moderator, which was mistake number one, two, three, and probably four at that matter. If I'm Eme, let's say let's say the Laker job opens up. If he wants to go to LA and take that job, and if I'm an NBA GM and I'm not happy with my current head coach, Ime Odoka might be one of the first phone calls I make.
1: Really quick, just a random thought, because I, I, I <laughs> this show is already running longer than I anticipated, but I told you these first two topics are going to be great. But I said, what are the chances of Becky Hammond leaving Las Vegas, right? If 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 the right job were to call, I do think she probably will be who backs up Pop. But Tim Duncan has been mentioned. And Mayudoka is a former Spur. If
0: Becky wants what to stay happens, in Vegas.
1: What happens if Pop? Exactly. What happens if Becky wants to stay in Vegas? And what happens if Pop retires at the end of this year? This year that he's suspended for. The last time he was seen, he was in the NBA Finals.
0: I would call. If I'm the Spurs, I'm calling Eme Odoka. I'm sure. Well, I, let me back up. I'm first making sure I do my due diligence with Eme to make sure there's nothing hidden that we don't know about. To make sure that everything we know about is true and there's nothing further to this because. If that's the case, like we said before in the opening, it is simply a workplace relationship. You can live with that if you are the San Antonio Spurs, and
1: don't do it again,
0: Eme. That's,
1: that's the way the conversation goes.
0: Probably that's just one, that's one of those you look at him and go, bro. Do
1: know. I have to say it? Yeah, you you know <laughs> right. Okay, cool. It's like don't do that again, please. Don't, um, don't do that.
0: Now, if you're the Spurs, you're probably not going to make the NBA Finals. I'm not saying that when you hire Eme Adoka. What I am saying is you might have a chance to get to the play-in tournament or maybe the playoffs because it's not a terrible Spurs roster that you have constructed. It's actually okay. Like they can't it? stop
1: bleeding. Though. That's the only problem. Yeah, I know.
0: But, I mean, now if you're the Celtics, you have to, first off, you're, um, you you have, was it uh, Joel Missoula I believe, Jeff Missoula I hope I'm not. You got me. I know the last name is you Yeah, no,
1: you're, you're I, right on that part.
0: I, I, I apologize if I'm butchering the first name. You have now an assistant coach now taking over on an interim basis, but it's only for a year. Hell, th- this team may not even get out of the west or the Eastern semis.
1: And, and we've talked about it already. The East is what we believe to be pretty stacked this year. So Joe Missoula. Joe Missoula. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. So. Before, while we were getting off of this topic, you just kind of talked about it right now. If Ma Udoka is to which we expect, even if he, well, I think both of us expect him to leave the Celtics regardless. He sure. Um, I do believe that this is this part of this conversation does kind of absolve him of responsibility. So I do want to say that I'm not the moral police. So certain conversations, we can have fun conversations on the podcast, right? But when you're on this platform, the only thing that I will say is he has already apologized for the situation. When a person admits their mistake, I'm not really too sure what other people want them to do. And not to sound like that, but this is not a conversation that's going to die anytime soon. So I do think Doka will have plenty of opportunities to Speak his piece, and I don't believe it's going to come from a place of defending anything or anything of the sort, but he will have several opportunities to apologize, several opportunities to express remorse, and I believe that's what we're going to see. Everything else that we just mentioned in terms of the way that this organization handled it, I don't think he's happy about that.
0: I'd almost go as far as to say the Celtics pretty much deserve to live in purgatory the next few years. I mean, if you want to— Again, we opened the topic up with Ime Odoka is a coach of color in the city of Boston, which, by the way, we know. I mean, it's been very well documented the fan reaction to certain individuals that are part of Boston sports teams. Marcus Smart has gone on the record to talk about it. Um. I mean, we've seen it with opposing teams that come into Boston. Kyrie Irving even went as far. We heard what they were taught. We, they were chanting to Kyrie. That was just the PG thirteen stuff. But it's been well documented by many people, whether they play for a Boston franchise or against them. Oh no, Boston's crazy. Like they're psycho. You don't want to hear the crap that they chant and kids are chanting and X, Y, and Z. So for Eme Odoka to come in and break the ceiling that was on the Celtics for almost a decade as far as, because before Eme Odoka, the, the narrative was, yeah, the Celtics are good. They get you to the Eastern Conference final, but that's kind of where their ceiling ends. Eme came in year one and pushed the champs to six games in the, nba finals and
1: And, he didn't expect him to get those too.
0: and this is how you turn around and treat that guy yeah if i'm email i'm leaving as soon as i hear a better job open up
1: and i know some people still may not get it so i will end it by saying this a lot of people may probably be sitting at home what what is he mad about the way that they handled it when he did whatever he did true let's say that this situation is is this alleged situation is true if MAU Doka messed up and he understands that he messed up. What more do you want? It's the lack of protection from your organization. That's what it boils down to. Because it's not, and, and granted, anybody can jump into the situation and say, well, what's the situation about Deshaun Watson? Because I have gotten on the Houston Texans for protect, what I believe to be protecting Deshaun Watson until he wanted out. The difference is exactly what Matt opened this conversation with saying. If this is alleged, Emma Udoka had a consensual relationship. Therefore, the suspension is not for anything sexual in terms of assault. The suspension is because of violating team rules. That could be for anything. That could be for showing up late repetitively. That could be for touching a player. That could be for Anything. But the Boston Celtics made it a point for you to know what MAU Doka did. For that alone, they have let MAU Doka know, no matter what, we're not protecting you. This is even a situation you needed real real protection from. But the fact that you guys made it a point for it to come out shows the lack of, shows the lack of respect and I feel like the lack of protection. I
0: don't know, man. Deshaun Watson got a lot less for a lot worse.
1: Talk about it. Now, we are, I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember, all the days are just mixed at this point. I believe we are 48 hours removed. That's about right. I think it was Tuesday, I think I'm right. Um, you, you talked about some of the things that Boston chants I, I heard a couple of things Chanted on Tuesday That Were eerily familiar And it, it wasn't Obviously to On the side of the spectrum that some of these Boston Chants were, these were straight Chants of Just just Joy, just joy and, and, and Moments for this Las Vegas Aces I remember a Las Vegas Aces Specifically, I remember that chant Uh, I remember just I'm trying to give you guys the sounds Not even the sights yet, but just the sounds Uh, Of course I remember We Are the Champions being played I remember Nuck If You Buck being played Just to get into some of the sights I remember as the confetti is falling down um, The Bellagio Fountains go off It never registered either But during the entire parade I don't think the Bellagio Fountains went off Until the ending Pretty sure. So shout out to the Bellagio found or shout out to Bellagio, rather, for doing that. But on Tuesday, the Las Vegas Aces celebrated the first major pro championship here in Las Vegas with the parade. Did you hear you had to work the parade? I did, yeah. So (laughs) Jiggy is a busy man, and I've I've never been one of those people to be like, oh, well, you heard the show, right? But uh, shout out to Jiggy, and I hope he hears this. I would like to apologize to Jiggy because I requested media stage access. And you guys know, I tell you guys all the time, Jiggy is one of the greatest to do it in this in this field. Uh, Jiggy hit me up kind of immediately immediately, and was like, I'm not sure if we're gonna have space. He was like, we'll see. We'll test it out when we get there. I said, all right, cool. I told him, well, like worst come to worst, I'll sit in the pit, that's, that's fine with me. I told him I wasn't necessarily covering it. I told you guys on Monday, I wasn't necessarily covering it from a regular perspective. I was going to, it's it's mainly for a social media hit. I wanted people to live in the moment with it. Shout out to my guy, Duna, for taking care of the rest. So I show up. I'm there early. Uh, I, I get there at 4.30. I show up to where the buses are loading. So I watch the team get off of the bus to get onto the parade buses. Duna's grabbing pictures. I'm grabbing a couple of social media videos. As soon as they load the bus, Duna and I start walking to the Bellagio. We walk to the Bellagio. We hop in the pit. This is the reason why I wanted Jiggy to hear all of this. We get to the pit. I look around, and I see the media stage in the back. I looked at it, and I said, oh. It's not what I wanted anyway. (laughs) So I'm just here to apologize to Jiggy. I completely misunderstood that email. So I was thinking that the media stage was something completely different, by the way. But the the way that that setup was, I'm not gonna lie. When you showed up at first, it was just the middle, uh, the middle lane, I believe, blocked off. And when Duna and I were walking through the uh, to the Bellagio, we were looking, and I was like, Duna, it's not blocked off. I said, There's absolutely still traffic going on the other side. I said, But look. I said, they're making left-hand turns in front of the road enclosure. So that just lets you know that Las Vegas Boulevard is still open going this way. I said, but we're in between the Caesars and the Bellagio, so I'm like, fam, I don't know if they don't expect for this to turn into something. I said, but they're going to have to block this off. We're walking, we're walking, we're walking, and we're like, okay. Maybe they're not. (laughs) I don't see a lot of people. I don't know what's happening right now. We get there, as I said before, about 4.30. So we're back at the spot, and we're chilling 5.15. We're at the pit, or we're in the pit. We're looking around. Shout-out to uh, the Full Tilt Dance group. Like, just different things that occur. Shout-out to Buckets. Uh, Shout-out to the MCs. Like, shout-out to Chet Buchanan. Just everything that is known about a game at the house for the Las Vegas Aces is occurring on stage. It kind of takes your mind away from the fact that, oh, damn, this parade is about to start. They show the team getting on, getting on the buses, and they're about to take off. As they're taking off, I turn around and look. I can't see the ground anymore. So I see where the team is going to come through, but I can't see the ground elsewhere. So I said, okay, they probably blocked it off now. That's my guess. And then I ended up tweeting it halfway through the parade, but we ended up, I believe Chet Buchanan made the announcement, The original plan was to shut down that half that side of the las vegas strip as i said before i don't think that they expected it to be what it was because they tried to limit that as well they tried to do a lane and i said oh that's not gonna work the turnout ended up being so large that they had to shut down both sides of the strip they had to stop traffic completely on the strip this was in histo- this was a historic moment for the Las Vegas Aces. This was a historic moment for the WNBA. This was a historic moment for Las Vegas. I'm glad that I got a chance to be a part of it. I recorded 20 the last 25 minutes of the actual um event on stage. And again, when you cover this team all season long, uh there there is just a certain stress relief that's off during an event like this. Um, and yes, I do have stories to tell you off air.
0: It's funny. I was going to ask you, cause I saw your story in your life and it was after the parade was over. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like man, I wonder where
1: T and Duna are going to go. Yeah, that's funny.
0: I would have probably hit you up, but by that point I was just, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm washed, man. I, I'll be honest. I'll tell you this. So I'm, I'm washed, bro. So, um, shout out to Darren Waller as well. Darren Waller, I did um, that supplied the team with cigars and uh him and i were joking after the after the parade and i was telling him i was like well i mean you you paid your way onto the bus like what difference does it make i brought a gift i'm a part of a, a team here in vegas i support i'm absolutely hopping on this why not why wouldn't I? So it was it was an amazing feeling, obviously, just to watch Las Vegas. What I continue to say, Las Vegas support each other. But uh, yeah, I definitely have some stories for you afterwards. But the funny thing is, I'm older in the sense that um, I'll tell you this because Duna had to upload the pictures. Duna had Duna took a thousand some pictures last or that uh, on Tuesday, so Duna had to go home and set up the pictures, and I think he had work the next morning. I went home. I did go home. I did not relax and rest once I got home. So, well, yeah, those, those stories would be off air. Of Maybe those stories would be on the pod one day, but we'll see. But uh, again, you had to work it on Monday. But this was the first experience for you in this city. Um, I want to know kind of what, what was your takeaways from it. What was your uh, what what did the happenings look like from your vantage point?
0: I was. Overly thrilled with the turnout For a few reasons um, One of them is going to sound like I kept receipts and I absolutely did Um I heard Plenty Too many to really count Media members that are local I'll leave them unnamed But they had They had said Oh this is a Tuesday afternoon At 530 and it's a WNBA team Vegas won't show out for this. It's not going to happen. This is going to be almost a laughing stock. People locally said that.
1: Yes. It's I, funny. I'm sorry because I, I didn't hear this. Was it local media? You, we've been at Aces games all season long. Have were there were there local media that's been to Aces games?
0: No. This one in particular, I know for a fact, has not been to a single home game. That explains it.
1: This season, at least.
0: Maybe in previous seasons, not this season. That same individual, I see on their social media later on, retweeting a clip from um, Kevion Martin, I believe. Yep. Um, News 3. And the caption is, wow, this is awesome. (laughs) It took every ounce of in me (laughs) to not retweet Funny you changed up pretty
1: quick oh, man. See but see, I'm And you ah, you guys know I do like To shake the table sometimes I think there's ways to do everything You can Always because I, I, I find it funny when people Get mad when you ask a question I would have simply retweeted it and been like so In your opinion did Vegas Show up Like did Vegas show up I mean you said it wasn't gonna happen Did it happen
0: like at that point Just take the L as, as, You know it, be okay with being wrong, admitting that you are wrong, and move on. Maybe you'll come to a game next year. Anyway, now, I mean, that kind of leads me to the, the next point in case. Okay. If you, th- th- I will say that Tuesday was no fluke at all. I am not shocked that that many people showed up. Oh, for the
1: attendance. Yeah, okay, for sure.
0: It is absolutely no fluke.
1: Vegas is late to everything. Like yeah. I, I've said they're, they're, it before They're like LA It's like come on yo be No on you know it. what I'm from LA And I don't take this I think I think Vegas can I talk about it all the time I think they can You know Slam their ego on the table If they want to I like Vegas a little more for it Vegas is way worse than LA In terms of that Yeah People in LA will still A comedy show can be coming Let's say it's Kevin Hart They'll know That it's coming after this time Whatever the case may be Here in Vegas People buy tickets the day of. A lot of people buy tickets the day of. I have never seen a city react to certain events so late. And and the funny thing is, like I said before, this is not a knock on them. Because they turn out in droves afterward. Like, they do support. But most Vegas people, I feel like because so much happens in Vegas and so many things can pop off at the moment, people just want to be sure. And I think what happened with this Las Vegas Aces uh, parade that people just didn't talk about, people had to get off of work. Yeah. And a lot of people probably had chains of clothes, but they had to shoot straight here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there? I say it's no fluke because go look at the last five home games for the Aces this season. They were all nearly sold out. Three of those games, by the way, broke franchise records in
1: attendance. And I think two of them did them back-to-back.
0: So Vegas has been taking notice for a while. Uh, the, the best analogy I like to use is we, we saw it firsthand. We compared the start of the Lady Rebel season last year to the end of the Lady Rebel season last year. Lindy Laroque herself mentioned it. Like, I asked her point-blank one day, so y'all noticed the increase in attendance. And in very Lindy fashion, she said, Oh hell yeah, we do. There's no doubt. And we're here for every moment of it. They love playing in front of big crowds. We saw that in the NCAA tournament, by the way. Just it. saying. That house was packed, and we all know who they were rooting for. And oh boy.
1: Oh, that game is still Yeah,
0: doing. that was that's goosebumps. Um it goes to show that if you win, Vegas will show out. Take notes, UNLV. Take notes. Especially UNLV basketball. Men's basketball is atrocious for this. They always like to sit there and complain. Nobody shows out to our games. We we get like 4,000 people a, a game. I've said the argument for the, probably the better part of five years now. Nobody is taking time out of their day on a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock to come watch a mediocre basketball team that may or may not win. Probably not going to win.
1: Not to mention at or that same Wednesday, an hour before that, I can go check out the Knights.
0: Exactly. Who are much more successful
1: and much more successful as of recent. And I do want to give Kevin Kruger a little bit of praise for that because I did mention it once he was hired as well. And I'm happy that he mentioned it as well. He has ties to this campus. Same thing that I've used in some of my meetings before – I'm a little same thing that Lindy Larock, I'm sure, is using her contract negotiations. I'm a little different. I have ties directly to this campus. I'm not just a a regular coach. I'm not just somebody that is going to come through and use this as a as as a stepping stone job. I care, and I'm looking at what Kevin Kruger is doing. I believe we just got an email of you. I'm sure you got it too. If we didn't get it uh, today, it was yesterday. But I believe there's a free look at the the unlv basketball team and i don't think it's a practice this may be a free scrimmage something along the sorts of that but kevin krueger is i believe i've said it before if unlv gives him the leash that they should have gave marvin menzies i think we're headed in the right direction at least in terms of uh, attendance hopefully we'll see uh, i mean like i said you've been here longer so i always defer to you when you when it comes to unlv sports hockey NASCAR, F1, like I, certain things I just, I default. I just be like, Matt, you got it. You're here from Vegas. Aces, it's just certain things that you'll have a better take on. But I, I said I said that it would easily be 10,000 people there. Have we gotten a count on how many people that they think were there? I know you can't count heads, but do we have any idea?
0: I would guess it is probably north of 50,000, to be quite honest
1: with you. I don't want to sound insane, but it was crazy crazy
0: fan, and the other thing that's happening it happened with my family and I was kind of shocked when it happened but really happy that it did actually cool so outside of my aunt and uncle I'm going to exclude them for the conversation for a brief moment cool none of us in our family have been season ticket holders of anything Raiders UNLV Knights
1: aces you does shock me that that, that nothing yeah
0: we've all we, if we we've always just said you know what if we're gonna go to the game we'll just buy single, single game tickets and just that'll be what it is so we've my mom as my mom would said yeah season tickets are kind of for the wealthy people i was like okay that's kind of where you stand on it that's great um <laughs> they're now season ticket holders for the aces coming up next season
1: i bet they are <laughs> And
0: I was like, okay, that's new. Um, that's a big step for y'all, by the way. I'm not sure that I, I would have expected that, but great. Um, you know, showing the team support for next year. The biggest takeaway I take away from that is well, there's got to be hundreds of other families that are doing the same damn thing that are saying, yeah, we may not have been season ticket holders before. But we're jumping on the bandwagon now, and we're going to be season ticket holders because we know what the group is coming, what the group coming back is going to look like. It's looking a hell of a lot like it did in year one.
1: Over before I be getting off of this topic, over under five games, not playoff games, regular season games over ten thousand 10, or more in attendance. Next season, over under five.
0: Over. Give me, the number that
1: you're, give me the number that you're at. I love these ladies, but dude, give me the number. 20. I wasn't going any higher than eight. 20. They play a 40-game season next year.
0: 20. <laughs> Vegas remembers this team as winners.
1: Remember what they I did? hope they're rewarded with, with, with extreme support.
0: Remember what Vegas showed up for and showed out for with the Golden Knights. I don't think it's going to be very hard to pack Michelob next season. Knowing that you're ba- basically your entire starting five is coming back. Some pieces on the bench are back. Your head coach is back. You saw what that group did in year one, breaking the franchise mark for wins in a season, racking up all these accolades, you know, getting the MVP, getting the Defensive Player of the Year, getting the Most Improved Player of the Year, getting the Coach oh of the Year, God. getting the Finals or the yeah the WNBA Finals MVP, getting the Commissioner Cup Game MVP, Keep going. Keep going. getting the All Star Game MVP, having four All Stars selected to the All Star Team, having your head coach be the coach of the All Star Team. Oh, and by the way, that group won an NBA or a WNBA championship in year one of Becky Hammond who by the way at this current juncture in my opinion is probably the best head coach in Las Vegas with Lindy being a very close second.
1: Oh, you smoked this whole segment. I I'm I'm you got it. I'm I'm next topic. You got it. I don't want to add nothing else to it. Uh th- these pictures are amazing from from what we experienced on Monday. Yeah, man. Definitely felt like family vibes all the way around. Um, But as you said before, I think it's a little different. Um, And I said I was getting off of it, but even Becky, when Becky was leaving and I told Becky congratulations, I speak about it all the time. Like, I think there's a certain there's a different uh, appreciation, I think, when you talk to some of these athletes and even these coaches, um, when they've seen you all year long and they get to the end goal um, we we again we talked to Lindy Larock and her Lady Rebels after being eliminated from the NCAA tournament by Arizona. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, aside from your question, nobody else uh, really had tear jerking moments on on the on the stand up there on the podium, and that team was just so proud of what it accomplished. And you kind of just alluded to it right there. Lindy made various points. And, and took those various chances to uh, give us our flowers <laughs> for being there from game one and, and not necessarily missing. I don't think we missed one at, at all. Uh, so these, these teams remember that. And as much as Las Vegas showed out for the team, as a lot of people expected, the Aces did an amazing job at giving right back to the fans. So – uh, as we said before I, I said it about four years ago That this that this group of women Not this particular group But this installation of women Was going to bring Las Vegas It's first championship And now four years later The proof is in the pudding um, Not going to be a championship At Las Vegas Ballpark this year yeah, For will. the AV Oh not,
0: not for them, not, my bad
1: There's going to be a championship I hate you man I know you do I'm really pissed off actually is Because beca- there is going to be a championship there
0: Is it because I said that their season Was going to effectively end on Tuesday
1: No it's because of the fact that I forgot That the championship game is being played At Las Vegas Ballpark Because I was going to say that no more baseball Will be played at Las Vegas Ballpark after Sunday That's a lie <laughs> That is an absolute lie The aviators will not play at home After Sunday Mercifully so I told you I've been on ten this whole show. Are you sure you want to do this right now? (laughs) I'm just asking. I just want to be sure. Uh, Well, first of all, am I supposed to start on Tuesday? I guess this is the one.
0: I mean, that's the one that effectively eliminated them.
1: You, I don't like the word effectively. Oh, it did. It just put. I'm telling you something. It just made it official. But I'm okay. You're missing my point. I'm letting you know something. I don't like that word. It's just. I feel like it's unnecessary. It absolutely happened, though. The weird thing is, we talk about this this sports thing, uh, writing itself, right? With the way that this season has gone post-All-Star break for this team, how fitting is it that they allow 10 or more runs and they lose by double digits in the game that eliminates them?
0: That's about right on par with the second-half aviators.
1: How also, How fitting, in addition to that, how fitting is it that the following night that Wednesday night they held Reno to two hits. They outhit them actually 5 to 2 and they lost that game 3 to 2. Yeah,
0: right on par with the second half Aviators, yeah. Sounds about right.
1: Um, i I don't even want to pull up my phone right now cuz I have it in my tweets somewhere, but I literally tweeted that out. I said the Aviators out uh, held the Rainiers. No, they outhit the Rainiers 5 uh they outhit the Rainiers and they held them to two hits. And still lost, and I said it sounds about right for this team uh, after the All Star break. Fast forward to today, they get their first win of the series. They get a six two win. Uh, the good thing about about this this like this time of the year, I I have gotten a little more excited about the Aviators over the last couple of weeks. I told you before because anytime somebody has a good game at the AAA level, they're plucking them to the big leagues. I liked your answer of they're they're literally checking the covers, they're just checking because we're moving from this house. So I just want to know if there's anything in here that I should keep. So they are running through anybody who has had any inkling of success in the in the in, uh, at the AAA level. They're pulling them up to the big leagues to see what they have. I like mass an analysis of that. That gives opportunity to these AA stars, right, to come up to this level. And get their first shot. In these first three games, I believe we have had three players hit their first career triple league, triple A, uh, home run. It's always a good feeling. Like it's always a good feeling to see somebody hit their first round tripper at this level. And again, we talked about this championship being played played for here at the Las Vegas ballpark. I think it's the best backdrop in Las Vegas in all of Las Vegas sports. This includes Allegiant. Legion. The funny thing is, when I say that out loud, I don't get people to look at me kind of nuts. People don't look at me as crazy as they as they as you would assume if they've been to the ballpark. If they've been, they understand that this is, you know, now now we understand it, What 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 the environment is like at a ballpark. Me personally, I've said it before. Basketball, is my favorite sport. I don't think anything beats the environment of a ballpark. Period. I think a college football stadium might be second. And it may flip-flop depending on the, depending on the day in the team. But um, they get their first win in this series, and you talked about it on Tuesday. This Tuesday victory, uh, or loss rather, sealed their fate. I'm going to obviously have to do this wrap-up story, and I already talked to Fran in August about some of these questions that that that's going into this story, some of these answers rather that's going into this story. And just to give you guys a preview, the the nuts and bolts of the story Matt correct me if I'm wrong um, 47 days in first place That's where I'll start 47 days in first place I think it's 41 or 47 One of those. I think it's 47 47 days in first place All-star break happens 20 and 30, now, I believe, 21 and 34 since the All-Star break. Team that's in first place that ultimately won the division, you've been atrocious against all season long. You've only been swept, I believe, one time in a six-game series this year, and it came to that first-place team. Run differential is probably important to mention. And then the elephant in the room. The constant movement. Now I'm going to see, shout out to Jim Jim, I'm going to see in the next three days if I can compile the overall number of transactions made by the Oakland organization this year. And I'm going to try to find the weird wacko stats. Of how close that is To a major league record Because I believe the athletics Organization is extremely close this season I have seen so many different faces At the AAA level To the point to where it's kind of been hard To do some feature stories in a sense um, Which is why And I typically don't do this But which is why you guys can kind of expect this I plan to go extremely feature heavy the first two months of the season next year because of the way this season went. But we've seen so many faces here in Vegas, but I tell you all the time, you're you're gathering a story. You see a particular game trend, you're gathering a story. It may take you a day or two to fully gather the way that you wanna the way that you want to map it out. The guy's gone. <laughs> the guy is back at the big league level. The guy has been designated for assignment. This is just, it, this is what the season has been. Manager Fran Reardon has been open in saying that this season has be, had its difficulties. Um, he has highlighted the successful moves that the that the Athletics appear to have made, and it appears that they have gotten back some some pretty uh, promising arms. In J.P. Sears and Ken Walter, Chuck as well. Um, of course, I'm going to mention my guy Colin Walls, right? But you're getting a lot of guys at this AAA level that are getting their first major league stint. And, I mean, you look at somebody like Adrian Martinez, I believe his first major league start it wasn't a good one. I believe you look at his second one. I don't think that was any good as well. Then you look at him now. He's been in the major leagues. Uh, I don't want to give you a time limit, but let's, let's say it's 16 starts. He turns in a start where he goes six or seven. He gives up one-earn run. He gives up five hits. It's like you're watching people mature at that next level. And the interesting thing is, we've talked about it before, they're learning on the job. It's a trial by fire by, by fire type of situation. But as of right now, they are 70. Does it matter?
0: No, not at all. Do you want to know it? I mean, they're still eliminated from the playoffs. So Why do you keep using E-words? Because everything that comes behind it seems to be irrelevant at that point. You come to the same conclusion.
1: Well, let's go ahead and just wrap up this weekend series. Because once this weekend series is wrapped up, there are no more home aviator games this year for Las Vegas. So you got three more days to check out your Las Vegas aviators. Tomorrow is the final fireworks Friday at the ballpark. And then you have a vintage bobblehead on Saturday i'm bright and early for that game i love bobbleheads i don't know what it is the funny thing is too that's like probably like my everybody always says like oh you're a grown man and you have this you have this i probably can't admit that i have bobbleheads and somebody would probably walk in my house and be like they're all still in the box not the point i know what's in this box though (laughs) So I have I definitely am probably going to show up for uh, early for this game. I said definitely probably. I'm definitely going to show up early for this game for this vintage bobblehead. Let's see if I can sneak one. And then on Sunday, your final giveaway is your Shea Langoliers poster giveaway. They actually gave that away on Sunday as well. So this is your second chance to get it, your last chance to get it. Please don't miss it right before that. Or excuse me, right after that. They have a three-game road series against the Sacramento River Cats. This is the fun part of the season, at least in my vantage point. From my vantage point, because you're not playing for anything, but you're ending the season against a team that you're 18 and six against this year. You are 14 and four in this last 18 games. At least you can end the year with three wins, right? It's Sacramento. All right, never mind. This conversation isn't going to get much better. You know you know that this isn't going to happen. Or it's not going to get much better because I go from... Bad to worse. Avi- Relax. <laughs> I go from aviators to athletics almost every show. So I got some good news for you guys. They did take two of three away from the Seattle Mariners. We talked about the Seattle Mariners, and they did it at home. We talked about the Seattle Mariners having uh, success in the Coliseum. Since we've had that conversation, I believe... Oakland is 4-2 at home against Seattle. Now, I wouldn't be ready to throw a parade behind being one game over 500 in this situation. But it is the Oakland Athletics, and it is 2022. I'm taking everything I can get. I'm taking it all. What does it mean, ultimately? Got to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know what it means at this point, mainly because nobody's really playing for anything in that division the mariners are the only team that's mathematically still alive but they're 16 games out of first place at this point you have the mets coming up you have the angels coming up you have seattle again and then you have the angels you're not going to play spoiler for the angels what is wrong with just bad baseball like i don't i don't want to talk bad baseball for 30 minutes every show um (laughs) there's a bright spot though give it to me where
0: the A's are playing your team starting Friday.
1: And this is the fun part, right? So the A's are playing my New York Mets. I can't wait to be a New York Mets fan. Uh, they're playing the New York Mets in the three-game home series this weekend. Post-game fireworks, you get a tote bag on Friday – or, excuse me, on Saturday, and then the kids run the bases on Sunday. Quick question, Matt, can I get you to watch every game of this series, every pitch of this series, without giving you money? Hell no. Why? You're the Mets me, are gonna probably be successful.
0: You're asking me to watch Wait, hold on. a bad baseball team up against football.
1: You have an iPad though. Like you can you can leave your, your screens, you got your multiple TVs, you got your, your laptop, whatever. Just take the iPad and put the, put the baseball game on iPad.
0: Do I have to actually watch the game or can it just be running in the background?
1: guess i can't really control that part okay <laughs> so you're gonna tell me you're gonna watch it no this i, I ain't even gonna hold you I'm this honest. is pointless so i wanted to make a bet about this series I, I really like the Mets this year so i really think that the mets might be in the world series and i gotta be honest with you dog even if they make the nlcs i I just knowing the type of person that I am I can't see myself being like oh yeah I'm a fan I can't do it right after you have That much success so I'm trying To make it happen beforehand (laughs) It's weird To bet on Oakland To become a fan of the Mets huh Yeah (laughs) I think so If the Mets sweep can I become A Mets fan can something happen This series for me to become a Mets fan Well I think the Mets are taking at least two of three So So if they take all three Can I be a Mets fan
0: What's the playoff race for the Mets? That's a good
1: question. If they're not in first place, you've got to let me do it. Damn. How many? Well, how many? What, they're ahead by a game and a half.
0: How many left to play?
1: That is a valid question. So for Oakland, if I'm just using Oakland as a reference point, they have twelve. What's the overall number? Five, 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 one. The Mets have
0: eleven. I'll say this. You can be a fan if the Mets take at least two of three because that means they stay in first place after the weekend. I think I'm going to take it. I think I'm going to take the deal guy. But they got to take two of three. They can sweep,
1: but at minimum two of three. Watch Oakland pull out two wins. Watch Oakland pull out. I'm going to watch every pitch of this series. Watch Oakland pull out two wins. You gonna come in hot on Monday. Brother. I'm going to be extremely <laughs> mad. I'm going to be like, I have wanted you guys to win all season long, and you couldn't do it. Now I want you guys to lose, and you give me wins. I don't know. Uh, More good news, I guess, for Oakland fans. They are 55. At, maybe this is bad news. They're 55-95 and 95 on the year. They are now tied with the Pittsburgh Pirates at 55 and 59 that win percentage is 367 if you guys cared for a reference point they still are at least three games better in the win column than the washington nationals who have the worst record in all of baseball 52 and 97. we have a new honorable mention to add to the list you ready Mm -hmm. the detroit tigers are 57 and 92. now you got a four team race a four head race for the worst record in all of baseball. Do you still think Oakland's going to finish with the worst record in all of baseball? Yeah. They have six games against the Angels coming up. You know that?
0: And this will be when the Angels really try to win.
1: They are 10 games behind the Angels. There is still a possibility that the Angels finish under the Athletics. I hope I didn't just jinx myself right now.
0: No. We'll see what happens. Oakland's going to try and gun for that
1: first pick. Ah, That's what I think (laughs) And I'm not gonna say It's a bad idea Typically I'd be like Never Never tank Never (laughs) Fam I'm calling up guys Straight from single You wanna learn Wanna trial by fire Come on man Get out here for me If I'm Mark Kase I'm playing with house money I I mentioned Mark Kase At the beginning of the year When he first got the job I'm telling them In that meeting This first year Hell Probably this first two years You gotta let me rock like you bet not pull me in the office because we're losing. You look at this roster. I'm trying to find the pieces, and and the best part about this is if these pieces do exist, they're developing into these pieces. We've watched the maturity of Seth Brown. Seth Brown is probably the one untouchable on this roster right now. We have talked about it. Three years ago, he wasn't an untouchable. Trust me, I covered him. Now he is. So, this development process, you guys have to give Mark Kotze time up there in Oakland. You think you're going to do it? One player.
0: They got nothing left to lose. So, you may as well just let him.
1: I don't know if they're. I I doubt that they've started the. the, (laughs) Speaking with the brass up in Oakland, they told me that the Oakland A or that the city of Oakland agreed on that new stadium, and I talked to the Oakland Brass. they said, fam, we didn't agree to anything. So like, I don't know what they're voting on, but we didn't okay that. <laughs> so I don't know who's moving there, but we're not. So I just don't want this to be a, 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 a Tony Sanchez situation where maybe even a Marvin Menzies situation where you're gonna see Mark Casey go through all the rough years here in Oakland. And then once that new stadium is built, once the team is, once you see your star pieces, that may be Mark Kotze's fourth year, and it may be four straight years of losing. So we'll see how things shake out. On Saturday, we'll also see how things shake out in the Mountain West opener for UNLV football. It opens up against Utah State. I do have a random question for you because it crossed my mind earlier. What are the chances that this team is really, really bad on the road? 50-50. That's where I'm at, and that's not a good thing. You had them losing to San Jose State. I know you probably you may be backing off of that, but I had them losing to Utah State. I'm not sure if I'm backing off of that yet. But they have away games at Notre Dame, San Diego State, and then finally at Hawaii on my birthday, which I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going. Um, I don't expect them to lose to Hawaii, right? I don't expect them to lose to San Jose State. But let's just say that this team has some hiccups. I think the possibility of them coming on the road isn't too far fetched. They're 0 1 right now. Let's say that they do get that Hawaii game. Let's say that they do get one of these Utah State or San Jose State games. That would be two wins. They could possibly go two and four on the road this year. The scary part is they could flirt with five and one at home. All right, man. Saturday's coming up. What you got?
0: I think even though know he's winning against Utah State.
1: <laughs> Just playing the same point.
0: I mean, I think it's a lot of what we've seen the first three weeks. I get that you can make the argument that they didn't look great against Cal. It's pretty valid. Utah State didn't look great against UConn. They for damn sure did not look good against Alabama. Didn't even score a point. They showed up, ran around the field for 60 minutes, got back on the plane, and went back to Logan, Utah. <laughs>
1: They did the same thing in Logan against Weber. Yeah,
0: they lost to exactly they lost to Weber. They're on a two-game losing streak, Mm
1: -hmm. and but they're they're being outscored in that. What is that? Ninety? What is that? (laughs) Wait, Wait, I'm not doing this, bro. They
0: they let Weber put thirty-five on them. Bama put up fifty-five, and UConn put up twenty. When UConn uh, – now, here's a note. UConn lost their starting quarterback during that game.
1: They would have lost that game if that quarterback – I watched that game.
0: A hundred percent. And UConn would have scored much more than 20.
1: hundred percent. The so, running game was unstoppable. Yeah.
0: You're now bringing in a UNLV team that in two of the three games this year have put up 50 bombs on the opponent. North Texas, they put up 58. And Idaho State, they put up 52. And you can make the argument that I was at home. That's great. I don't think it's going to matter. Now, do I think is coming in to put 50 up on Utah State? No, I don't think they're going to put up that many. I do think UNLV gets...
1: They are, they're, they're giving up 40 some over the last
0: two. I don't know. I don't know if it's that much. I do know if UNLV gets into the 30s, they are winning this football game. That UNLV defense is skilled enough, even without Naki Fajina. They will not give up thirty. They, Marcus Arroyo will, not, and I get he's a he's an offensive minded guy. He will have enough pride to make sure his defense does not give up anywhere near thirty.
1: Is that pride that you're speaking of enough for you to come over to my side of the table on this side where I say that this team beats Air Force?
0: No, Air Force is probably going to have their way with Nevada tomorrow. They it's are going. Nevada. Nevada is supposed to be one of the better run defenses in the country and really the Mountain West, but kind of the country. I mean, they're they're not a bad run defense. And they let Iowa put up a buck 60 on them on the ground last week. But by the way, Air Force ranks in the top 40 in the country in yards per game on the run.
1: We know their makeup, right? Same thing with Air Force basketball. We know they're going to shoot a ton of threes. Same thing with Air Force football. They're going to run the football. They're going to make sure that they pound the football. The thing is, what comes of it? I do think this team scores a lot against Air, against uh, UNLV. I just think UNLV may score more. I, I hate to say it, but I, I said a lot. You know what? Let me actually take, take that back. Let me actually back off of that because... Let's say Air Force scores three rushing touchdowns, goes for a two-point conversion, and doesn't get it. Air Force is sitting at 20 points. I could see UNLV putting up 31. Isn't that an exact score of one of their games? Oh, that's Utah State. Yeah. So just that in my mind, you talked about the arrogance of Marcus Arroyo. People, like I said before, I've never actually asked Marcus Arroyo this question, but people like to look at arrogance like it's a bad thing. You guys know for a fact I'm not that guy. I say all the time there's a certain level of arrogance that it takes to be successful. I think what was so interesting about and difficult to accept about Marcus Sororio's, uh arrogance for most people was that he had the arrogance without anything to show for it. And, and now, if his defense is the anchor for an offense that is scoring 50 points because they're getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity – it may start to kind of make sense why Marcus Arroyo has the arrogance that he has. I don't know, man. I do think they're going to steal a win from somebody this year, and I think it's Air Force. If that's the case, then I, there's eight wins
0: there. Because I see seven for sure. I got six. I think it's seven. Where are we at? Am I still looking at seven? Including point? a five and one start.
1: I don't know, man. We're going to see.
0: Could they steal Fresno at home?
1: I don't think they will. I don't think they'll steal Fresno. I do have more confidence in this Air Force game. But, see, I have them losing three straight games, which would be Notre Dame, San Diego State, and Fresno State. I was just going to say, can they steal one in San Diego? Absolutely. I'll give them that. I'm going to bet against them because they're in San Diego. But – I I'm not I'm not mad at that. I think if they were in Vegas, absolutely, I wouldn't even say UNLV would cover. I would say UNLV to win outright.
0: Could they go on the road and play spoiler to Notre Dame?
1: With as bad as Notre Dame is, no disrespect to Marcus Freeman, anything is possible with this team putting up 50 points. Anything is possible. I, I don't think, think they get that one. I think
0: it's a close game. Like, if you're looking at it from a betting standpoint, you're probably gonna
1: get a decent amount of points with UNLV, I would take it. Notre Dame's defense is so physical, and we talked about North Texas wanting to be physical and things like that. That's a different level of physical from Notre Dame. Now granted, we've seen this UNLV, not this exact installation of this UNLV team, we've seen UNLV teams of the past uh, play in Michigan, play against Ohio State, play against USC. So we've seen these moments. I do think even playing against Notre Dame, playing against them in a down year, I do think UNLV is going to run into a wall at some point. I will say this. If they are able to beat Notre Dame, that will be back-to-back game. Or two times this year, North Texas and Notre Dame, where I said that UNLV was going to be out physical. If they get this win against Notre Dame, they will be 2-0 in such situations of me saying that.
0: We'll see know. if it happens. What you got? I think it's eight and four. I think that's the number. I I don't I wouldn't put eight and four out of the question for this team because I think they can start five and one. They'll probably they'll go on a two game losing streak of Air Force Notre Dame. The game that they quote unquote steal this year is San Diego on the road. San the Diego way that San Diego
1: has played. I don't know if that's a steal. And it maybe it's still because of history. I don't know if that's a steal if you've seen San Diego State play the last two years, to be honest with you. It's not a very hostile place to go win. True, but they, it's a new building. Does that matter at all to you? No. I know it didn't matter for you and LV for two years, but I'm talking about somebody else.
0: No. They can, they can go to San Diego and win that game. And I'm pretty confident they're going to win the last two games of the regular season, Hawaii and Nevada. I have both of those as wins as well. So that's eight wins, which would be... I mean, I'd have to go look. That could be very historic for this program. I don't know when the last time that happened, if it did happen.
1: And I think you're right, actually, in terms of my, my win total, because I think I am sitting at seven because I do have New Mexico as a win. I have San Jose State as a win. I have Air Force as a win. Do you have Utah State as a win? I don't. You just said that. At the beginning of the year, I didn't. So okay. I got I to gotta stick to it. At the beginning of the year, mm. I didn't. But right now, it looks really good for them against Utah State. I, I, again, like I said before, and this is just me uh trying to live in the moment. I get or I guess trying to not trying not to live in the moment. You're from here. Yeah. I've covered this team since 2017 and I'm telling you, I've looked at this schedule, I've looked at other teams playing and I've been like, "Oh, UNLV should compete in this one. UNLV should be able to steal this one." And I it's going to sound like a wild number, but about 80% of the time, UNLV makes me look foolish. So this year, I am extremely nervous that I had six wins for them. I still see six wins.
0: It's enough to get them to a bowl game.
1: That said, there's still got to be six losses.
0: Now, looking at the schedule, I there's a somewhat of an okay chance that they might be able to take Air Force down to the last possession. There's a lot of circumstances around it. One, I mean, that would be coming off of a 5-1 and start. Air Force is homecoming.
1: Yeah. That's why I like it a lot. This team is going to be – they're going to have a different excitement level by the time that game rolls around. That's why I'm betting on them in that game.
0: The building knows a UNLV win punches their ticket to a bowl game pretty early in the year, way earlier than UNLV's ever seen before.
1: Oh, that would be an ex- insane – if you
0: if you come up six and one, and you look out down, down the rest of your schedule and go, okay, well Notre Dame, well we're probably if we're talking wins loss, that's probably a loss. We know we can probably go to San Diego and win. They're seven and two, Fresno at home, maybe a coin flip game. I don't know. The building could come out for that game too. Oh, they're gonna come out for Fresno State. I mean. Maybe Fresno sneaks out, sneaks by him with the win, and that's one of the lone home losses. But even still, seven and three, we, we're pretty confident in the last two.
1: No, I and this is, I don't want to wow. keep saying, like, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm penciling in back to back wins to end this year. Yeah, that one, I'd almost put that in pen. Like, that I'm I, pretty close, yeah.
0: And I mean, like we said the the ceiling for this team feels like it's 9. Like they could pro, they with all the right circumstances. If they
1: if they compete in the games that they should be competitive in, anything like you said anything can happen. So they could get to 9, but as I said before, they could mess around and flirt with 5 if those games don't pan out the way that they pan out. What happens if San Jose State buckles down and and, and still is that win? I don't have it as a win for San Jose State, but what if it's a situation where UNLV loses a game that they didn't expect? And it's before the Notre Dame, before the Fresno States. It's just I'm not sure that this team – what if New Mexico plays the game of their life? You know what I mean? So that's why with this team, I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but I do believe that that spectrum does – Tilt certain places where the the high does look like nine, but I do feel like we have to acknowledge that that low could still be missing a the bowl game.
0: Do if any of that is true, let's say it's San Jose State. Mm-hmm. Do they wing Utah State New Mexico
1: mm-hmm. leading into that game?
0: Probably. So four and one. Four and two. Four and two. Excuse me. Four and two.
1: Yep. Let's with say, Air Force coming up, Notre Dame coming up, San Diego State coming up, then Fresno. By your four account- Four and two with a, with a tough four-game schedule coming up.
0: By your account-
1: It would be five and four. No, I lied. Five and five after that.
0: Yeah, because you have them beating Air Force. hmm That means five and five, you just have to win one of the next two. And I think they're getting both. They're seven. Let's say it's even- We could even say it's New Mexico. Let's say, they, like you said, they drop an egg at home to New Mexico. Does that mean they beat Utah State and San
1: Jose? I'm sorry. That's a hard question for me to answer only because I just don't – I I know everybody has a fighting chance because they're on the field. I just don't think New Mexico is going to beat them. Can we just go ahead and go with what I said? I think Utah State gets them.
0: Okay, so, you, so if we do
1: that, then I do think they get the back-to-back wins, but now I think, that's, even with the Air Force game, I do think it's a win, but I think it's a close game. So if they lose that, there's a chance that they could run into four straight losses between Air Force and Fresno State, with Notre Dame and uh, San Diego State being in the middle. That's my only issue. If they get this Utah State game, I may come in here on Monday and be like, "Man, fam, I'm with you. I'm 8, nine, ten. Now nah, Keep going. But... that stretch in the middle of the year, that four-game stretch is terrifying. Because what happens if they lose all four? I don't think they will. But what happens if they do? If they do, let's just say, worst-case scenario, and they do lose all four, they have to be damn near perfect to start the year. Best-case scenario, they have to be exactly what you said. Five and one. I don't know if it happens.
0: I don't know. I think if they get past Utah State, they will be five and one. Because I don't think they're going to have money problems with New Mexico and San Jose, again, if you're beating Utah State, if you're beating North Texas, if you're beating, you know, all these teams you're supposed to, you will not have a problem with San Jose State. And quite frankly, to your account, they could be six and one going to Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, man.
0: If all that falls
1: like I like I said, what do I'm I have not, them going to Notre Dame? I have them didn't I just do the count? Five and two. Okay.
0: So what uh, they're two and one. I think they win this weekend. They'll win new Mexico. five and one start. They, I think they lose Air Force, they lose Notre Dame, they steal San Diego State, so that's six and three, right? Six and three. I think they lose right. to Fresno, six and four. They win the last two. I'm at eight, eight and four, eight and four. A pretty good bull bid, in a pretty historic season for this team.
1: No, historic is to say the least. Uh, but another football team is that's getting ready for a road game this week, this weekend specifically would be the Las Vegas Raiders. They are headed to Tennessee. First Raider game of the season, regular season, and I will not be at. Uh, funny how life works. Um, I just looked at the schedule and was like, "Where am I headed this week?" Like, I just it never registered, and I saw Tennessee and was like, "Are you going to make an effort to go to Tennessee?" I answered that question in about .3 seconds, and I said, "I'm not flying to Tennessee right now. I'm just not doing it." Like, you want me to just like drop everything after the week that we have had in sports? I can't. Respect to the Raiders, I can't do it. I will be watching from afar if I'm the one covering it, even. Uh, But they will be taking on Tennessee. It is a 10 a.m. game. It's their first 10 a.m. game of the season. Both winless. The Raiders are the only AFC West team without a win. They are one of seven teams that have yet to get a win this year. How does this one play out Sunday?
0: I think the second-best team in the Legion finally gets a win. I'm sorry it was that bad.
1: That means the that means the number one best team in the Legion has one wall in the building with their color?
0: Yep. And they got two more wins than the the team that owns the building. Two more wins in that building for that matter. Oh my god. Um no, I do think the Raiders win this game. I feel like we're going to get a game this year, probably pretty soon everything's going to start clicking for the offense on the Raiders. It feels like it's almost there. That if you were running an 8-cylinder engine, the Raiders are running on about 7 of those. They need the last one to click.
1: I'll say 7 in game 1. I'll say f- for well, I'll say 7 in game 1, I'll say 6 in the second game. Hell, I might go lower. Like I don't that for, it's such a tell of two halves. That team looked hell, they might have been clicking on all eight in the first. First half, I should say, I mean.
0: Of the second game.
1: Of the second game. That second half of that second game was on Josh McDaniels. And solely on Josh McDaniels. You say solely, but I, yes. I do think a part of that has to go with them not touching the field often. But you you have pointed out his play calling, so I'm not gonna 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 give you too much pushback on that. I mean, you're up twenty to nothing, half
0: about halfway through the third quarter and then 23 to 7. In the NFL you should win football games when that is the situation. Good football coaches win those games.
1: I always find it interesting when people say good football coaches good players cuz if I'm the other player or the coach listening I'm like so I'm not good?
0: No. <laughs> Let me put it to you this way. Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick do not lose 20 to nothing when they are up well excuse me when they're up 20 to nothing. <laughs> Halfway through the third quarter, never happens with those guys.
1: For whatever it's worth, Josh McDaniels is 11 and 19 as a head coach currently. Exactly. And
0: again, Josh McDaniels tried to get cute. He tried to get conservative. He saw they were up 20 to nothing. He said, Oh, I have Josh Jacobs. No, surely the defense isn't going to cue in on him as far as us running the ball consistently.
1: After he had 62 all purpose yards, I think, in the first two quarters.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I heard Mike Tomlin used this line probably three or four years ago. They had him miked up for a game. And I think it was a situation where Pittsburgh was up by like three or four. It was in the fourth quarter, one of those that you could go either way. You could start milking the clock or you could play it out as normal. Ben looked at him and he said, no, I don't care. Win the game. Play to win the game. Hmm. basically showing that we're not going to get conservative here that's what the defense is expecting we can play that way but we're going to lose and until and maybe maybe it's a one game fluke with Josh McDaniels because it is to be fair the first game we saw Josh McDaniels really implode in front of our eyes on the sideline as far as play calling is concerned
1: and that's scary because it's only game number 2
0: now you get a win here in Game Three. What's the what does the rest of our schedule even look like, or at least the immediate schedule? The Raiders. I know they have a fairly early buy. Week six, I believe it is.
1: All right, so they it got back-to-back AFC West games after this. I was right with week six. They have week four matchups against Denver and Kansas City. Kansas City's game is a road game. they got their bye, and then we have those games where we said that they probably will be very, very successful coming out of the bye. they got Houston at home. They're in uh, the Caesars Superdome for New Orleans. They're back-to-back road games. The second one is against Jacksonville, and then they have the Colts before starting back up AFC West play.
0: This is going to sound bad for the Raiders. Their best case scenario, going to the bye, is two and three.
1: I need to go back to what we predicted to start at the start of the season. We predicted that this team was probably going to struggle early.
0: We may have even
1: said it was two and three going into the bye to start the year. I had them losing to the Chargers early, and I think I had them beating Can- uh, beaten uh, Denver. So I had them winning those two games, and I think we did have possibly them getting one of those uh, two games. I think I had them beating Tennessee, so I may have had them three and two. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's probably the best case scenario. I'm sorry.
1: No, that was right. Two and three? It would be two and three because that would be a win against uh, Tennessee and a win against Denver. Okay. Those are the two that I think I had. I think Arizona was the one I was on the fence about.
0: Now they can get wins against Tennessee and Denver, which is probably the two wins that I see going into the bye they, I mean, they probably have a 10% chance to go to Kansas City and play, you know, the upset card on them. I mean, especially when you're losing to the Cardinals at home.
1: And, like the way you did.
0: Yes, and you're losing to the Chargers on the road. I just, I think it's one of those that if you're the Raiders, you're fortunate to go two and three going into the bye. Anything less... Could very well start to derail the season.
1: Not to mention Josh McDaniels was eight and eight in his first NFL uh coaching season. That would mean that he is three and eleven since. Not good. My dad's tip in is also about coaching. Let me actually make go ahead and make that note really quick. The McDaniel's point. But my dad's tip-in is about coaching as well, and I knew this was coming, so I was trying to figure out if it was going to be after the MAU-Doka point or after this point. It's probably good to mention this one because we're mentioning it now. My dad's tip-in. He said it's a simple one for tonight. I couldn't help but break out a grin when I read that Sean Payton will return to coach next season for the right situation. I'm going to pause it right there because I read that description on ESPN or, or on a ticker or whatever the hell, wherever the hell I read it. I read it and I said, Oh, so you mean Dallas? It's
0: better than what they got.
1: Because I'm sure if Kansas City, you know what I mean? If Andy Reid retires and Eric and me goes somewhere else, I'll take that job too. But when he said the right job, I said, Oh, he's thinking one spot. And that's going back home to Dallas. Let's see what my dad says. These are the words that I have anticipated since Peyton's retirement last year. Take a year off, refresh yourself, and come back fresh. The problem lies in the right situation part. It's no secret that the Dallas Cowboy fans want Peyton back on our sidelines with a passion, but we also know that owner Jerry Jones or excuse me, and we also know that owner Jerry Jones has the pockets and the means to make the right situation happen. But Willie. It all depends on how bad he wants to bring back the winning tradition to Dallas, or will he stick to what I like to call him as Al Davis Jr. Rest in peace to the great Al Davis. But Jerry has learned a lot from this friendship with Davis, and one thing that he adopted from him is the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are indeed his baby, and he will always be in the driver's seat when it comes to them. Every strong Dallas Cowboy coach who was not a yes man could not coexist And or excuse me, and cannot coexist with him, had to leave the Cowboys organization. Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson. It's a guarantee that it's excuse me, it is a guarantee that in Peyton's right situation scenario, a large amount of control and decision making is a must for him. At this point, I think you could argue he's absolutely deserved that, right? He's earned that right. He's not going anywhere just to coach. You pretty much have to give him the keys, and that's something that Jerry better think long and hard about. Please give him the keys, Jerry, because you and your yes-man around you are not getting a job done. I am mad at Trump, and going to
0: Dallas. Should have happened three years ago. Yeah. But now that you have Mike McCarthy. Ta-da.
1: I'm telling you, man, but you I to- feel like my biggest sports, like, what's the word? My biggest sports, uh, just where my arrogance lies my championship came in spite of Mike McCarthy.
0: But Mike McCarthy has a championship.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he does! He got the same one that Aaron got. So my brother actually, his his point about Devontae Adams, we need to see how Aaron looks without Devontae Adams. He had a better point to say that Mike McCarthy is the key to Aaron's success. Uh, Speaking of keys to success, Jacoby Brissett got something because this man just keeps winning football games. He led... Uh, Cleveland to a 29-17 win over Pittsburgh. That is the fifth straight Thursday win for this terrible Cleveland Browns organization who has two wins through the first three weeks of the season. Your team got two losses. What's wrong with them? And you're wearing Pittsburgh Steelers attire. You wore that? Yeah. Were you already out when the game finished? Because I would have took that off. Yeah, I I was.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Um... This game was closer than it looks. For sure. Um, For most of the game, it was kind of a one-score game, and Pittsburgh had chances to win. But when your offense puts two scoring drives together the entire game, it's going to be hard to win. It's going to be hard to win football games consistently when you have limitations on offense. And... Credit to Cleveland. This is typically what we see for Thursday night football. It usually favors the home team, right? And particularly because Cleveland didn't have to travel um, from Sunday from Sunday's game, they that was a home game against the Jets. Albeit they lost, but the important thing is they did not have to travel um, going into Thursday night. Uh, I mean, I said it in the group that the logical pick is Cleveland because it makes That's all sorts of sense that you would take the team that didn't have to travel going into Thursday night football in a situation that typically favors the home team anyways.
1: And the first two picks in the group, people took Cleveland. And for all of those reasons that you just said, you and I picked. Pittsburgh, because I figured
0: this is the perfect Mike Tomlin spot. That's what I thought. Divisional game, short week, on the road, and – the team is being viewed as as an underdog. Mike Tomlin as an underdog is ridiculous. Like he that's probably when he does his best coaching is when he feels the team is being considered as an underdog. And he almost pulled it out tonight where if he could have gotten more offensive production in the fourth quarter out of his team, I think we're talking about Pittsburgh winning this game.
1: Speaking of pulling it out, George Pickens had a catch this year, or this game, that only Utterly rivals Deontay Johnson's catch from week one.
0: Utterly ridiculous catch.
1: Which Is it bad that I like Deontay Johnson's from week one more? That was an insane catch on the sideline. He shouldn't have caught that. Which, by the way, he had a great game too, Deontay Johnson. Indeed.
0: Led the team in receiving, led the team in receptions. Um.
1: Let the league in target. I mean, let the team in targets too. Yeah,
0: he's probably the established number one guy for Pittsburgh moving forward in the
1: receiving core. That means bad things for Chase Claypool coming up.
0: Chase Claypool could be on the move for all we know. Um again, I mean, it's one of those that you kind of know what you're getting with the Steeler offense. They're going to be pretty run heavy with Najee. When they do pass, it's probably going to be To Deontay Johnson. And Cleveland just had more weapons to go to. They could go to a Nick Chubb when they needed to. They could, you know, enlist Kareem Hunt for a few carries. They could, um, they could even get Purseet involved a little bit in the run game. They can go to guys like Amari Cooper in the passing game. Um, David Njoku had a good game. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones even made a little bit of a splash. Like certain different, like different guys, Cleveland was able to kind of tap and call on. Um and make just enough of an impact. And all that kind of culminating, the Steeler defense kind of looked very suspect at times during this game. Like their tackling wasn't particularly great. You can see where they're missing TJ. Are you Watt gonna chalk at.
1: it up to early season at all?
0: It could be, Um, and maybe their tackling improves as the season goes along, but there were certain times when Nick Chubb would run as if he got past the defensive line it was probably a first down because the linebacking core was having a hard time tackling, and the secondary almost froze when they he got to that level. They, they it almost looked like they forgot how to tackle.
1: Do you want to stand in front of Nick Chubb when he gets ahead a, a of steam?
0: I don't. But as a professional football player that plays on defense, that is your job is at to At the try- very
1: least, you got to learn at
0: you have to do something. <laughs> like you have to do so- you can't just sit there and let him drag you across the field. Like he did on a couple of occasions.
1: For whatever it's worth, this Cleveland Brown team is 2 and 1 and I, I I know it's early in the year and we still got 8 more games, I think. Is it 11 games. Uh, games?
0: Yeah. Well, was it 12 games
1: or 11? I have no idea. 11 I, or 12 games. I have no idea. We need to figure out Deshaun Watson's uh scheduled suspension. Uh I think we'll actually be able to find it right here. 11 games. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I was right. So, 11 games. So, we have eight more games of this, and this is what I spoke about before. I said that I thought that Jacoby Brissett was going to have a fast start to the season. I thought Jacoby Brissett was going to win some games that people didn't expect him to win, including week one against Carolina, who, by the way, are one of those seven teams without a win. Yeah. People think I, I relish in Baker failures, and that's not that. It's one of those things with Baker. Respect to him, it's his fans. Yeah. Baker fans remind me of Laker fans. Like when Laker when Lakers are bad, say the Cowboys, right? When the Cowboys are bad, don't talk to me about so much just ignorance that I by the end of the conversation I know that you're delusional, and that's kind of where we're at with Baker. Respect to Baker Mayfield, I think he could still be a great quarterback in this league. It has to change now. And people act like, people, Baker supporters just act like the first couple of years of his career have not panned out the way that they have as being a number one overall pick. Anyway, Jacoby Brissett, he goes out in this game, he has a, a, an overall rating of 109.6. 21 for 31, 220 yards, two touchdowns. The reason why I want to bring up those touchdowns is because as, as great as I do think Mike Tomlin is going to make, Mitch Trubisky, make Tr- Mitch Trubisky, damn, that was hard to say, a look in this offense. You can't change a person's limitations. Mitch Trubisky, 20 for 32, 207 yards, that is a beautiful line. One sack, it's a beautiful line. He's getting out, he even has a touchdown on the ground. He doesn't have any interceptions, but he also doesn't have any touchdowns. He throws one touchdown in that game. Game's different. We're in a situation in this game where Cleveland ends up scoring as the time expires. That's how you get to to, to, uh, 29. They didn't kick an extra point after that. That's six points. If Mitch Trubisky throws a, a touchdown pass earlier in the game, at, like you said before, at any point in the game, you're looking at Pittsburgh being up that final drive, 24-23. to 23.
0: And Chris Boswell had a missed field goal in the first half. Like, I mean, one of my bigger takeaways from Cleveland was, yeah, this team's going to go stupid when Deshaun comes back.
1: If this team is above 500, they could make the playoffs. When Deshaun Watson comes back, they could make the playoffs.
0: Abari Cooper, Ajoku, Hunt and Ch- Oh jeez, yeah, they could if they like you said if they're 500 or above, they could very well make the playoffs. If nothing else, they could be the second best team in their division.
1: Woo! Hot takes galore. <laughs> Until next time, guys, keep on talking.